Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome into the Bradley Basin studio inside the Melton Student Center. It's 1 o'clock on a Friday, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for Smooth Operators. The man to my right is Khalees Blankenberg. The man in front of me is Ben McClurkin. My name is Noah Phillips. We want to welcome you in to another Friday of Formula One Talk. Welcome back, boys. We're back again for another week of Formula One. Unfortunately, another week without racing. But nevertheless, we are less than a month away from lights out in Bahrain. So get ready. It's coming soon. Ben, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. Saw that cars are on tracks now, so I'm happy. Cars are starting to get on track. Speaking of cars, let's start off with the news that everyone wants. It is more livery reviews. And today's we've had released in the past week. We have now at four with we already talked about Haas and Red Bull last week. <clears throat> Today we were talking about the Williams and the Alfa Romeo. Let us start with the Williams racing car. It looks to be just like kind of the normal Williams car with the blue with the dark how would you call it? Like reflective navy? Yeah, so it it's like it's like a matte navy blue underlay with light blue triangle prism shapes accented by orange with a black underbody um, now featuring the Duracell copper top battery on the uh, air intake roll hoop and also featuring the Duracell copper top battery on top of the halo. So a little bit of change since we last saw it at the season finale. However, it looks pretty much just like the car they ran in Miami. So glad to see that has returned a little bit. Uh, they have added a new sponsor, which is Golf. So fingers crossed we'll see a special livery at some point in the season. We don't know yet, but we doubt it will. But. Yeah, I was about to say, it's it was McLaren when they did the Golf livery, right? Yes. Yes, I, I don't think Williams has the gall to try and do that. Yeah, and also most of their sponsorship money is tied up in Doralton Capital, which is a huge investment conglomerate. So unlikely, but still fingers crossed for that. But yeah, this car, if you know, you were talking about like that goal sponsorship, there's something about this car that I just like. I think it's, it's really hard to mess up like different shades of blue and not really yeah. go into other stuff, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's a very safe palette. And I like the new aero details that they've put on the wheels. Those look very cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, Making the, them more the directional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I don't like it. Okay. It's, it's too basic, man. I wanted to see them step out, maybe go for a little bit something more lighter. I don't really like the matte finish. Yeah. I think they could have went with like a satin finish, something like mm-hmm. that. Make it just a little bit more poppy, I think. We're, yeah. see, we're seeing a lot of darker cars this year. Yeah, and so hopefully, far. Hopefully. Ferrari uses a dark red, but um, they're using red though. We do know that. We, we, we know they're going to be, be red, red but going to be red. We really are hoping for like a very, very bright red. I'm kind of tired of these these teams running muted schemes. Like like Mercedes is silver and black. Red Bull is navy. Uh, Alfa Romeo last season was pretty pretty much the brightest car on the grid, but they were still just red and white. I mean, it was pretty much primaries. 
and nothing too exciting besides the bright orange McLaren, which I also didn't love, but that was because it was too bright. I do think the battery is a nice touch, how they kind of incorporated it. That's, that's a clever yeah, that's touch. Cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I would have liked to see more orange as well. Yeah. I think, I think the orange accents work well, but I think they could have added just a wee bit more. They could have tied so that in better. Yeah. I agree. Having just singular, maybe one to two inch wide strips of orange doesn't really make it stand out that much. I mean, it's like it's like putting a thin strip of orange paint on a big black canvas and saying art. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you have to do more things to make that car differentiate itself from the rest of the field, especially with other navy blue cars like the Alpha Tauri and the Red Bull. You kind of get lost. Yes. Moving on now, let's talk about Alfa Romeo's car. They released a new car as well the other day. Very different from the car they ran last year that Ben was just talking about. It is a red top almost all the way into the driver halo, and then the kind of almost of the outside body is black, and then once it gets the exhaust on the top, it kind of splits into red, and then with a black fender with the red wheel wells, Mm. which is a a nice touch. I'm a fan. Uh, Personally, I like... I like the direction they're going as they're moving more and more towards Audi. Um, and they have the same type of red on their car, unlike Haas, which last week we talked about how they have two different shades of red in their title sponsor and their you know, their team colors. So glad to see the consistency there. The black, red, and the white works well together. Yeah, I like it too, especially with the new driver uniforms they got. That, those look sick. Those look really sick. It's like the all-black, uh, the all-black kind of just like racing suit with the red Alfa Romeo kind of thing in the middle. I like that a lot. I'm a fan of that. It's very classic. Noah, what do you think? Looking at this car, man, there's a lot of stickers on this. There's a ton of stickers. There's a ton of stickers. And they're all white. They're all white. No, there's a black clover. There is a black. There is a black clover. Okay, but that's that's the Alfa Romeo uh, Quadrifiglio. I'm sorry if I butchered that pronunciation. There's so many stickers. Yeah, there is a lot. Especially, like, you know, you're looking at the body of the car underneath the... um, the snake yeah. logo on the side, yeah, that's a lot. Holy it kind of reminds me a little bit of like what some NASCAR teams yeah. do or used to oh, do. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong. Nothing I'm, wrong with it. I'm saying it just reminds me of that. I never yeah. said it was wrong. And look at the nose too. The nose has a ton of sponsors. Yeah, they got the Alfa Romeo, and then they have the stake. Yeah, stake is on here a decent amount of times. Did y'all see that um, Williams also added Michelob Ultra as a sponsor? Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, I did see that in the kind of their intro video. Clever for them to use it right then. It's pretty funny. Yeah, especially with like kind of what they do with the other brand with like the zeros at the finish line. I'm not yeah. Gonna say that. You know, what I'm I, talking you about. don't see. Yeah, I don't think Michelob Ultra offers. They do. They do. Okay, yeah, they I have a zero option. I have no idea. I have done no research into that field, but but it's very interesting to see that, and it kind of ties in with their colors. I've not really seen. Is there any other team that has an alcohol sponsorship like that? Uh, let's see. F1. Ferrari. F1 sponsored by Heineken, right? They, it is sponsored yes. by Heineken. I'm just trying to think. Ferrari sponsored by uh, Estrella Prioni, um, but it's the 0.0 from Carlos Sainz. It's a Spanish beer. Um, well, you know, McLaren is sponsored by British American Tobacco. That's not an alcohol sponsorship. Um, <laughs> bless, bless you, you Noah. Goodness. He, he tried to take the thank, head. He tried you. to take the headphones off like we wouldn't hear it. Yeah. Thank you, um, thank you, dear listener, that also said bless you. Yes, mm-hmm. all of you fantastic listeners out there, just want to give you a shout-out for saying bless you to Noah mm-hmm. and all the other contributions you made by listening to us and supporting us. But um, I'm trying to think of other alcohol sponsors or alcohol-free sponsors. Yes, as you said, Heineken, 
Uh, Peroni. Everything has to be zero zero right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Peroni is a sponsor, but it's not for signs. That would be uh, Galicia. Is ah, a sponsor. I got it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. You know, just filling. Up I, space I just on don't cars. really have it. But for the last couple minutes, okay. So there's been four cars that have been released so far. If you guys remember it, I think we should rate each of the cars so far from your least favorite being number, or your least favorite being four, and your favorite being one. We'll go around. We'll each do four first, and then so on. All okay. right, Ben. What is your least favorite car of the four that's been released so far? Um, Least favorite is Haas. It just plays too much with my idiosyncrasies. I don't like that there's two different shades of red. Um, it's very dull and not exciting. Um, second least favorite is Williams because it's exactly the same, but not in a good way. I didn't like it the first time. Uh, third so far would be Red Bull. It's a classic. You really can't go wrong. I was disappointed when it launched that they didn't have any new accent colors or striping or anything, but... I'm kind of glad that it's not changed. There's comfort and familiarity if it's something that you like. Uh, and first is Alfa Romeo. It's a nice touch. Glossy red, carbon black. Saves a lot of weight. Looks cool. Looks fast. And the stickers make it go fast. Mm. So you said you said Haas, Williams, Red Bull, Alfa Romeo? Yes. All right, now what do you think? On number four, I'm going to go Williams. I just don't think they did enough with the car this year and – I don't really like the uh, the uh, way they kind of neutered their color scheme a little bit. Obviously, they're <laughs> introducing orange, but I just think they could have used a brighter blue. Uh, next up, probably going to be Red Bull. I know that may be a little bit of a surprise, but I just it didn't do enough for me. It's, like you said, familiarity. Third, I mean, or second, I'm going to go with Alfa Romeo, I think they just have too many stickers. I think it helps in some parts. It doesn't help in a lot of the other parts of the car, and I like the red and black color scheme they went for. And number one, I'm going to go after a Haas. <laughs> number one, you said Haas. Number one's Haas to me. Why is that? I think they've – I really love the black and uh, the way the MoneyGram logo sits on it. I think that really works well. I just really like red and black, and I think the white it helps that Haas car – more than these stickers hurt the Alfa Romeo car, if that makes sense. Mm. If, you, if you understand what I'm saying. I follow. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. I smell what you're stepping in. If you smell what the rocket knock it. Hmm. That's the other show. Yeah, that's the other show. WWEGL, uh, what day is that? They can check it out on Noah? That's Wednesdays at 9. Mm. Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Check it out if you feel so inclined. All right. For my rankings, I'm going to go... Hmm. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit of a shocker here first. I'm going to go Red Bull last. Well, I don't, as someone who likes Red Bull what? as a team, I feel like it's just too similar to what they had last year. Kind of like what Ben was talking about, how they didn't really add or do really much of anything. Yep. They just kept it kind of the same. It's what they've done in the past. That's kind of been their MO for There's the car six launches. six years or whatever since they did the, yeah. I'm going to go third. I'm going to go Haas. I like it, but something about the way they split up the colors, I feel like they could have done a better job on. Yeah, I feel like where they went all white on top and then almost all black on like the sides, I think they could have split it up better. For second, I'm gonna go Williams. I really like that kind of blue kind of look like that. Well, yes, they didn't do too much. I also like the Duracell battery thing. I think the addition of the arrows and the wheel wells looked pretty good. 
And then, of course, I'm going to go Alfa Romeo number one. I think what they did with the cars here is really cool. They made it more sleek. They made it look cooler. Uh, along with the driver suits they added, I think yeah. that's a, a very good-looking car. Now, the question is, which cars will perform the best? Uh, probably in the exact reverse order of what I put them in finishing. Maybe Haas, or Alfa Romeo goes above Haas, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So there yeah. is my ranking. And that is going to do it for our talk on the liveries. When we come back, a past world champion is talking about a teammate of his potentially being a world champion contender in the future. Who are we talking about? Stick around to find out. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, alongside my good friends, Greg Splankenberg and Noah Phillips. And, you know, as Greg said earlier, we are talking about a former two-time Formula One world champion who says his teammate could also be a world champion. The answer might surprise you. So let's get right into that. Fernando Alonso Hmm. says that Lance Stroll could be a world champion with Aston Martin. That is correct. Two-time champion Fernando Alonso has backed Aston Martin teammate Lance Stroll as a future title contender and vowed to help his new team shortcut their way to the top in F1. Fernando knows a thing or two about shortcuts. (laughs) Just off the top, I mean, I think Lance gets more hate than he maybe deserves sometimes. He's pretty. I'd say he was pretty consistent last year. Yeah. Around that nine ten spot for most races, but to just go with this, I mean, I get his dad's paying you, but no, man. that's hey man, that's pretty crazy. No. Any given Sunday, all right, or Saturday this year, or Saturday. What? Oh yeah, any LA. given or Vegas. You see what I did? Yeah. Yes, I see. What any you any given race day, you know, mm. things can happen, and if it shakes out in Sebastian Vettel's favor, he could be a world champion. He's retired. Is that gonna happen? I mean, not Sebastian Bill. Good God. Um, Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, if it shakes out his way, he could be a world champion. Is that going to happen? No. N-O. Yeah. Negatory. Especially with an Aston Martin, I think. Especially with he's not going to another team because his dad owns the team. So. Yeah. But. Very I don't know clearly. about that one, Chief. They're gonna it help. appears. It says, uh, Fernando said, I, was, I will use all my experience and all my knowledge to help the team shortcut the time that is needed to become world champions. Will I be behind the wheel, the steering wheel when that time comes? Nobody knows. It's impossible to predict. But what is certain is that I will try my best. So basically what he's saying is when he retires in like 20 years, that this might be when Aston Martin's got a shot. Man. So basically what we're getting at here is two-time F1 world champion Fernando Alonso, who don't know car, Fernando Alonso, yes. What did I say? I have no. I idea. have no idea what that was. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, you were telling us on the break. I'm tired. I'm broken down. It's but just not hit. <laughs> to say that about a team, kind of like looking at the history, going back to last season, Aston Martin finished seventh in the 2022 Constructors' Championship. But they do have a lot of uh, a host, of, a lot of experienced hires coming on board, including the ex Red Bull aerodynamicist Dan Follows, plus a brand new factory which is under the construction. And the team owner, who is Lawrence Stroll, Lance's dad, has high hopes for this. Alonso, he said he also we already talked about shortcuts. 
at the time need Aston Martin into championship condition. Yeah, so hiring Dan Fellows and opening up that new facility at Silverstone is a huge deal because what they're getting is not just a better place for everyone to work than the space that they're in now. They're also getting a new wind tunnel. And hiring an aerodynamicist who can complement the wind tunnel means that you have a car that behaves consistently. And that was their problem this season was Mm -hmm. the car being kind of all over the place. It, It would be a different car every weekend. And that's partly, in effect, due to their wing um, for high downforce circuits being different and also it being a little bit heavier on the front side for aerodynamics. And so they had to counter that out with a super high downforce rear wing Um, as opposed to like Red Bull, whose car was the most aerodynamically efficient that season. Um, So that's a huge hire for them getting that wind tunnel and having and fellows on board. I'm very interested to see how that plays out for them. I could see them being maybe fourth or fifth in the champ in the constructors this season if they can jump Alpine and McLaren, which is I think their goal. But it's the same with Alfa Romeo. So you're saying their their goal is to jump to fifth? Yeah, I think yeah, fourth or fifth for you, sure. That you think be that's huge. what do you think is the the highest pillar that Aston Martin can achieve this year? What do you think is like? They're like, that was a win for the season. I mean, if everything goes their way, then maybe fifth or fourth. Um, They're just not there yet, I don't think. I haven't seen their car. I don't know how it looks on the technical side, but as far as their team structure is concerned, you know. I think for a win for them would kind of be what you're saying, if they can find a way to get to fifth, be in that top kind of half of teams, you know. And then I think a win also would be if you can get Fernando in that top seven or six drivers. I think yeah. that'd be pretty big. That would be huge. Especially for a team kind of like this who who has these future aspirations. I mean, new factory, ex Red Bull guy, that's probably the guy you'd probably want to hire right now. With yeah, stuff, for sure. But yeah, I know you look like you want to say something. I think a big thing that would help them out, especially getting a new facility, they need a podium of some sort. They need mm. a trophy to hang up. Yeah. That- hey, Lance had a pole and but that was technically under um Force India, I'm still pretty sure, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They they need some sort of trophy to hang up to boost morale. Yeah, morale will help you out a lot or yeah. with your engineers and your pit crew and everybody around your organization. Yeah, and they haven't seen a ton of success <coughs> since the rebrand and they're in they're entering their third season as Aston Martin, so pressure's on for them. I think any new and I say that with air quotes now but any new team needs to make its mark and Aston have kind of showed up and raced but they haven't done much more than that so I'd like to see them make an impact in the future Um, and you know Sebastian had a lot of great moments with them um, and Lance has been pretty consistent I mean he isn't he is definitely not the worst driver on this grid this season but We'll see how that plays out for him as well. Doubtful that he'll be a world champion, though. He is for sure one of the drivers. He's one of the F1 drivers of all time. That is correct. Exactly. Yeah. But kind of like going wrong, along with that, I mean, with Fernando coming in and replacing Seb, I mean, both two ex- very experienced drivers, but what do you gain and kind of lose? What do you? What are the pros and cons from Fernando compared to kind of like the Sebastian Vettel? 
Well, they both are multiple world champions. Um, Sebastian Vettel won four times consecutively. Fernando won two times consecutively. So they both have a lot of experience. Um, Fernando is a bit of a more aggressive driver um, at this stage than Vettel was. I, I feel like early in the season last last year, Sebastian Vettel lost a bit of touch in his love for Formula One. And then, you know, towards the end, he showed that he still's got it. He still has got it. But, you know, with Fernando, it's they're just different driving styles. They both adapt to their cars very well. They have a lot in common. Um, but what would you lose with Sebastian Vettel? Just, just a really good guy. Ad space. Ad space, too. Fernando Alonso don't have the same ad in them. No, nah, Fernando has one brand, and that's his own that's sponsoring him. And he's been there long enough. You know, he worked developing Renault into Alpine before joining them. And he also has done work with McLaren in the off-seasons. Like, he's he's definitely – he wants to be in more of a senior role than Vettel. And I feel like he'll stick around at Alpine – or not Alpine, at Aston Martin – like I said last year, you know, if Fernando retires, he'll still be around at Alpine. But now that he's switched to Aston Martin, he'll probably stick around at Alpine or Aston Martin after he retires. Gosh, too, too many A names in, on the grid right now. We need to spice it up. But, um, yeah, that's that's my piece. I think with Fernando also, it's kind of like you're getting that, like, driver kind of like who was just – was. I would say that um, Alpine was a similar-ish position to what – Aston Martin is right now where you had Seb who came from Ferrari to Aston Martin when it was just becoming Aston Martin with that rebrand. Yeah. So you're getting Fernando who's kind of understands what it like what it's like to be in that midfield team because with Seb it went Red Bull Ferrari then Aston Martin. Yeah. Um I think kind of similarly for Fernando it went McLaren um Renault Ferrari uh Renault. And so now that's Alpine. And he's now at Aston Martin. They have very similar journeys to the same team. They do, but then like we were saying is where Seb came from the top team to Aston Martin, where Fernando was at a midfield team to another midfield team. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that goal we were talking about at the beginning, I think getting into a fifth for the constructors would be monumental for that team. That would be huge. As well as, like what we were talking about, getting one of the drivers, probably is going to be Fernando, into that top seven or six driver spot. I think that's a good foundation to kind of build off and then try to go for maybe fourth and uh, 24, which would hmm. be a crazy to happen. You look like no, you I would, it wouldn't be crazy, bro. It wouldn't be crazy. I, I, ben would expect it somehow. <laughs> Something's going to happen this ben. year that Ben's just going to – Ben, you want to make any predictions about the Ferrari car this Tuesday? Give me a prediction. Tell me it's going to be red. It's going to be red. Thank ben. you. Thank you. It's only going to break your heart. On Valentine's Day, that's already gonna happen. That, that's gonna that's, all, that's already happening, o- Ben. If it only breaks his heart on Valentine's Day, then we're setting up for a Ferrari World Championship. Ooh, man i I would like to see <laughs> that. that. I want to see something from them. That's, that's a pretty not bold miserable. prediction for you saying that Ferrari's gonna only hurt him with a car launch. So hey. then you are saying Ferrari is going to be world champion this year? No. Mm-hmm. I said I would like to see that, but I do not know. I don't hold that ability to predict the future. But Yes, you do. Just we'll believe see. in yourself. I say watch out for Mercedes, though. They're coming back. It'll be tight this season between the top three teams. I think this could be one of the better seasons we've had, even 
going back the past two years, it's been a real fight at the top between two teams. I think we could see a fight between three teams this year, potentially coming down to the final mm. race. That would be epic. That would be very And then maybe, you know, the gaps close. Uh, obviously, you know, second year of new regulations, the gaps are supposed to close up. We'll see how that actually does. I mean, that only has been the case in a few seasons in the past. So I'm not really sure if any teams can make some breakthroughs within the rules, but well, that I mean, would we, be We can always very figure exciting. out a way to make it faster. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely ways to make it faster. I don't know if... Less stickers, the Haas model from last year. <laughs> hey, that thing that looked did like not a work. space shuttle. It, it, it looked for, really it cool. It worked for the first race. It looked and it really for cool. qualifying. Yeah, and I mean, Mick Schumacher made us run. <laughs> yeah, gave gave Haas fans a run for their money. Goodness, mm-hmm. it was that was a disappointing season for Haas, and they can definitely do better. I feel like they can get some podiums, maybe. Who knows? With that very nice moneygram car. Mm, that would be With that big old sticker. It's huge. Yeah. It's so big. That it is might, might be the biggest sticker that'll come out this year. Probably, besides the Red Bull logo. I think it's definitely which, which the one, biggest. Okay, do you, would you rather drink a Red Bull or invest your money with MoneyGram? Uh, drink a Red Bull. I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it for our talk on the Aston Martin talk. When we come back, we just got more news that's going on in the world of Formula One. You're not going to want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the Bradley Basin Studio for Smooth Operators. And in the next 15 minutes, we're going to talk about the greatest motorsport ever made, otherwise known as stock car racing. The National Association of Stock Car Racing, otherwise known as NASCAR. We're going to be talking about the clash at the Coliseum and why F1's production value is so much better. All right, so me and me and Ben didn't uh, watch. That was a twist. Me and Ben didn't watch the Clash of the Coliseum. We know what you're talking about. So it was the Bushlight Clash at the L.A. Coliseum, where the USC Trojans play, where they've had multiple Olympic opening ceremonies. But Noah and the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl. That's Pasadena. That's Pasadena. That's Pasadena. I'm just kidding. Ben doesn't know ball or wheel. What? You don't know football? Uh, yeah, I do. I corrected myself. They don't have the Rose Bowl, but they. Have what? had a Super Bowl at the LA Coliseum. I know that much. Is I true. have That's Michael great. Jackson performed. That. No, that was at the Rose Bowl. Oh, mm, guys, I don't oh. know microphone. You guys don't know oh, ball either. Both okay, people. all right. Okay. I, I don't know. Super all right, so no, enlighten us, enlighten us a little bit. So, what's your meaning? in case y'all out there don't watch NASCAR, um, if you're a European, uh, um, if you're John Gerard and you don't watch NASCAR, in case you didn't know, we have a lot more cautions. Than Formula One. Formula One, you may get upwards of two a race if you're incredibly unlucky. Unless it's Monaco. Unless it's Monaco, then you might get three, which is how many NASCAR has to have. Is required to have? Is required to have. There's breaks, stage breaks in NASCAR where you get a caution after the stage break. There's two of them, and there's going to be a third one most definitely. Think about that, Ben. That's crazy. Every so there's for the Daytona 500 is coming up next Sunday, that I'm probably more excited than the Super Bowl for. 
Ooh, there will be that's a take. There will be about 200, 250 laps, and they will take a stage one break probably around the 30, 45, 50 lap mark. They'll take another one at the 100 lap mark, then it'll be a 100 lap shootout to finish the Daytona 500. And there'll probably be about three wrecks, uh, not including the big one. So we're looking at at least four to six stops. We're looking at at least six stops for commercials during the Daytona 500, not including the ones that happen while the race is going on. Whereas Formula One has, you have none. no commercials. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's kind of like um. Well, they do have commercials when there's like the cautions in F1. Like they'll do Depends, that sometimes. But yeah. I like that with F1 too. Kind of like like how I like U- European soccer. There's like no commercials in the middle of it. Like sometimes there's some, for some events. Like do you guys ever watch golf on TV? No, I don't watch that sport. Born. You call that a sport? All right. So what I'm basically <laughs> getting is what they'll kind of do, which I like this model better for some sports, where they will have a commercial on the side, but they'll still have an action on the right side with a little bit of a leaderboard yeah. underneath it. I do yeah. like that. I think NASCAR does that some. Yeah, we saying? do it. We do it sometimes, but nine times out of ten. Like I remember last year while I was watching, I think it was Talladega or Charlotte. They came back from commercial, ran a one-minute segment where it was just the sounds, where they like turned the commentators' mics off. Oh, that's cool. And I love that. And they just do the sounds, and they went right back into commercial. That's annoying. They did one minute of actual race time. That's very irritating. I, I can, folks, if you want to like. Improve your love for Formula One even more. Watch a NASCAR watch, race. Watch a NASCAR race that's like not the Daytona 500. Or Talladega. Or Talladega. You can watch Charlotte, which I've never been to. Mm. You can watch Charlotte. Charlotte's a good race. The I Charlotte like the Roval. Charlotte's a great race. I like the Roval. I've never been. I've been offered tickets before, but never been. Why would you turn that down? Because I had like a... I forgot what it was this year. I know I was watching... It was like a baseball thing or something. That was the entire day I missed for it. But I've been to the Hall of Fame a bunch of times. That's been cool. That but, is very cool. So what you're saying with F1 is like kind of errors, like how much more, like kind of like you're saying. They have like, such better production value. Mm. And I love Michael Waltrip, Tony Stewart. Jeff Gordon did it last year. Clint Boyer is also in the booth. But, God, they – Tony Stewart's a lot better at it, like now, like actually sticking to the sport. And I love Clint Boyer death. But, man, he just like gets up there and jokes around the entire race. Like they don't really talk a lot about the actual sport of NASCAR. That's annoying. It oh god. When, when I remember I remember watching the uh Charlotte six hundred and they had um Clint Boyer up in the um crane. You remember that? Oh yeah, I do remember that. That was ridiculous. I also remember during last year they did the Daytona Road Course, which thank God they're not bringing that back. Knock on wood they don't for NASCAR. Make it a separate race, though. If you want to do Daytona, do Daytona. No, they, what they did t- uh, two years ago is they did Daytona 500 the first week, and they were going to go to Auto Club, but something happened with that. So they had to stay in Daytona an extra week. So they said, oh, let's run the road course and do that stupid. Um, the endurance racing layout? No, no, no. They do the endurance racing layout, but instead of going, you know how you like come off a of turn four? Yeah, off the and bank. And you go all the way down. What they had was another like chicane. What? Before the start finish. It's terrible. It completely disrupts the flow of that track. Yeah, that's really dumb. Um, yeah. Coming out of turn four at Daytona at IMSA, which I watched. I watched the uh, 24 hours of Daytona. Not all 24 hours. Y'all called me on that last time. But I watched 
some of it and I watched the last hour and a half and it was thrilling. But what was really exciting about it was them coming out of turn four with cars overtaking in the slipstreams. Like there was a ton of action because you could overtake in the slipstream and then completely send it down into the braking zone off the bank. So you can go at a higher speed, but you have to be sure not to get get caught off going downhill because if you go downhill and you're in a braking zone, then when the track suddenly turns flat, you go super deep. And you had people running wide all of the time. It was thrilling. Like it was great racing. And there was a lot of people going out on turn five and six because of that. Hmm. Indeed. And I know I've been real negative throughout this segment, but I do want to say NASCAR is an amazing sport. Uh, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. I grew up on it, you know, you know going to oh, Talladega yeah. and such. Oh, yeah. Talladega. Um, but NASCAR is an amazing sport, but its production value is just not on the same level of a Formula One. And i got to hand it to Sky Sports. They've done a fantastic job with it. I'm very surprised we haven't seen more Americanization with commercials and stuff like that during the F1 races. And another part of it is if you ever watch NASCAR, we have a playoff system, which is a terrible way to implement a season champion. It is a weird way to do it. It's cause terrible. Nothing counts. No, like, literally. It's Just like the bubble with LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. How does that affect LeBron's legacy? It he, actually might. Does it make him the all-time scoring record? I don't know. It's exactly. like you're playing in the G League. Does it make him the all-time scoring record holder when Kareem played a half of his career without the three-point line? Exactly. That's true. No, when they showed that stat line, when it said Kareem uh, all-time three points, it said three. I laughed my tail off. That's hilarious. But, obviously, the way NASCAR works is you can show up, win the Daytona 500, win win Talladega. Win Indy. Right? Indy's not in the playoffs. No, Indy's not in the playoffs. No. Doesn't count. Yeah, no, you don't have – so if you win Daytona – uh, what's another playoff race? You can win Talladega, you win Martinsville, Martinsville, then you win Phoenix. Yeah. If you win five races, excuse me, you have to win, uh, I think it's Charlotte is another one of the knockout rounds. Or you have to win Kansas. You Charlotte win, was a knockout round. Yeah. So if you win five we races. Used, we used to have three races. It was what? We had we had the All-Star, we had the Coca-Cola 600, and, and then we had, had the uh, the Bank of America 500. Yeah. Which were all great races, and I like that three-race system better, personally. I haven't watched a ton of it since they moved to a six- or five-race playoff. But Well, no, you know what we have now, like for the all-star race, instead of being at Charlotte? It used to be in Texas. We're going to North Wilkesboro, We're going baby. to North Wilkesboro. Man, they were <sighs> – I saw an Instagram post about how they were upgrading that thing. Man, I was I nearly shed a tear. That was That's very exciting. Dale, Dale's looking on. I had a happy heaven. sigh. That was a happy sigh. I'm wearing a Dale Earnhardt shirt right now. As you should be. Yeah. It's got, I approve of that. Got that big, bold number three on there. What a guy. My guy, Austin Dillon, doing it proud. No. I'm kidding. He's you know man. they banned that move um, the Watermelon Man did. Ross Chastain. They banned it? Yeah, they banned it. That's what? so dumb. That's not. That's how you don't grow the sport by banning the stuff that makes it cool. I mean, you had multiple F1 drivers comment on it. That's the most popularity NASCAR's had, and I internationally, internationally, yeah, I'd sure. say probably in the last it's, ten years it's at a least. Sport, man, for it's sure. A sport. See, it, we're the opposite of professional wrestling because professional wrestling is. You can draw some entertainment with the that, fan base. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's a it's entertainment that acts like a sport. Meanwhile, NASCAR is 
a sport that okay. tries to so act like entertainment. entertainment. Mm. Yeah. But still, I mean, you banned the one move that got you the most international popularity you've had in 10 years. And secured him a playoff spot, too. It was The stakes were high. It wasn't well, the just like... shouldn't even be a thing. I agree, but it wasn't It wasn't like... Okay, you, let's, you let's, would not have had that move if it weren't for the playoffs. If we put the NASCAR stages and playoffs into Formula One, how unbearable would that be? It'd be well, terrible. I know that the Europeans would have a revolution because that's what they do when things don't go their way. But um, what? we we did that too, Ben. Shh. Hmm. I'm not denying that, mm-hmm. but we were also it was also the American Europeans. It's kind of like the uh, the European Super League too with soccer. Yeah, yeah, not a fan. Um, not a fan either. But you know, if if that happens, we would have a a, a very large disruption. And I would not be okay with it at all. I'm not on board with the playoff system to begin with, even in even in college football. Not a fan. They need to make it 16 teams, not 12. You have to have powers of two for a playoff bracket to work. Um, but that said, you know, like like there's there's so much potential for NASCAR if it if it says we're gonna go back to our golden age, which was non-spec cars and. Um, well, they're trying no to get playoffs. They're doing spec cars because they want to get manufacturers. Yeah, they're trying to they're get not, manufacturers, but are they really manufacturers that. if they're using a Delara chassis? No, they're not. They're not manufacturing anything. It's already made for them. All they're doing well, is they, maintaining. They use like an actual Impala chassis or a. Uh, no, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they. It's an Impala chassis. No, it's not. They, they modify use, it. It's a modified Impala chassis, dog. The the next gen car. Yeah. Are you sure? I thought it was. I thought it was a brand new from scratch. Um, no, no, chassis. They, they like mess around with it and stuff. But yeah. yeah, it's a modified Impala. Do you remember uh, NASCAR's car tomorrow? Yes, I do. That was terrible. Don't bring that up. Yeah, but do you remember track steering? Okay, this is crazy. Okay, no. Okay, the car. The car tomorrow led to terrible uh, super speedway racing. I'm not. Yeah, no, no it was awful. It's not engaging in this. It was awful. It's speedway racing, but. At the all-star race, there was one team that ran their car with a right-biased rear wheel setup, and they wound up blowing from the back of the field all the way to fifth. Like, that doesn't happen unless you find a loophole, and there needs to be more loophole racing, I'm going to be honest. There needs to be people cheating the rules a little bit, going outside the spirit of the regulations in Formula 1, and we need to have more liberality with what happens in racing. I think I think we need to up the stakes a little bit. Okay, 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 okay. I see. I see your point. That would help NASCAR a lot. I see your point. But here's what NASCAR needs: to get rid of stage racing, mm-hmm. yeah. get rid of the playoffs, and to have less commercials. Go back to the way it was. Go back to the way it was. I think they can still keep some of their car rules now because yeah. they're trying to call in manufacturers. That's fair. But it needs to be like more Formula One. Mm. Because I I know you, y'all you two probably don't watch a lot of over racing, but it is fun. It's fun. It's fun I've watched a good bit of it. I watched it a ton as a kid. Exactly, but that's gonna wrap up our segment on NASCAR racing. Since I was the one that wanted to bring this up, I guess Greg is letting me kind of end it. But Greg, you want to actually officially end it? Sure. That is gonna do it for our talk on NASCAR. When we come back. We're talking about a potential reuniting of a car brand and a car engine manufacturer. Who are we talking about? You have to wait and see. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM.
Welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, broadcasting alongside Griggs Blinkenberg and Noah Phillips. And I'm just going to jump right into it, guys. We have contact between two historic Formula One teams, a manufacturer and a constructor, who are in reported talks about possibly hooking up for 2026. And uh, these two teams have had a very illustrious history together. And no, I'm not talking about Red Bull and Ford. I am talking about McLaren and Honda. And they might be getting the band back together to remind us of the 80s when they built the greatest car of all time, the 1981 McLaren MP4-4, which is undoubtedly the most successful car of all time. It won every race that it entered except for one, and it never, ever looked back. But since then, McLaren and Honda have had two disastrous collaborations and have been separated for a number of years but there are talks we could see a return of the classic mclaren honda duo so let's get right into that what do y'all think could happen how would it work out so i'm what i'm starting to get is all these new engine sponsorships are going to be starting with the new engine rules in 2026 but that's what we've seen with audi it's what we've seen with ford and now what we are potentially going to see with honda and also potentially cadillac we shall see. Potentially Cadillac as well. But people forget that McLaren and Honda did kind of reunite a little bit at the start of the V6 Turbo Hybrid era from 2015 to 2017. It was catastrophic. Yes, because they ended their arrangement prematurely because of poor engine performance and reliability that led to increased tensions. Wow, increased tensions at McLaren. Who would have thought? Yeah, seriously. And then uh, Honda eventually went from them to switch to supplying Red Bull, and after making significant progress... Uh, Max Verstappen, they powered Max Verstappen to consecutive titles in 21 and 22. Um, any, any conversations over a 2026 McLaren Honda reunion are believed to be in an extremely early phase as Honda weighs up committing to being an engine supplier under the new regulations, who it may partner with, and McLaren considers whether to continue as a Mercedes customer beyond 2025 or pursue a new sponsor. That is from Scott Mitchell Mlam of TheRace.com. Yeah, so what's what's interesting about that is Zach Brown said uh, in the past that they could win a world championship as a customer team. Um, being Mercedes's customer is particularly difficult because mm-hmm. they design their cars specifically for their cars and not to be distributed. And so, you know, that's that's the case with most engine manufacturers. But Mercedes being a manufacturer and a constructor adds difficulty for the teams on the receiving end, as we've seen with Williams and McLaren. McLaren struggled not necessarily with the engine last year, but adapting the car to the engine. Um, and Williams built a basically a FedEx van of a car. <laughs> and uh, uh, what I what I'd like to see from McLaren and Honda, you know, potentially getting back together would be you know a car that fits the engine and an engine that fits the car, and that would be. Very exciting to see, you know, them working together and making something truly epic. With all these new talks about engines and cars and stuff like that going into 2026 season, do you think we could end up seeing a different engine in every car? That would be genuinely so exciting. That'd be interesting. I think that would add a lot more to, like, what we see. Like, kind of like what – here's an example. Uh, Take Baku for last year. Like, Four of the six cars that were supplied a Ferrari engine were out of that race. Yeah. Almost all due to have technical difficulties. Yeah. Where you remember Charles Leclerc was engine was smoking. I think um, Carlos Sainz crashed into a wall. 
Joe retired with an engine failure. Baltas had power unit and I think like or I power think, loss. I think one of the hosses had something. And one of the hosses had something. And it's like, guys, come on. But the thing, I think we're getting closer to that with I think now with a potential Cadillac coming in for twenty six. Audi that, or Audi with um, Alfa Romeo coming in. Also, it's we're gonna get to a point where not all the teams are being supplied. So right now, the only teams that make their own engines are Red Bull. You have Mercedes, and then you have Ferrari and Renault, so yeah. Alpine. So there's only four teams. And Red Bull is in quotes because they are still using a Honda supply oh, engine true. and technician. Okay, so technically, let's just say three technical ones. So that leaves seven other teams who are getting their engines from a non, like, inside-the-house kind of supplier. So yeah. with Ford coming in, that can't be the thing for Red Bull. But with, I mean, you could potentially see some, like, teams, like, only their engine. I think that would add a lot to it, kind of like yeah. how, like, and trying to think of a good um, point. I can only make a historical comparison because that's the only yeah, thing. That I just I want have. like less un- uniformity with all the engines. Yeah. I want like I want to see more because so, like kind of what we see like what happened to Baku. I'm not gonna be thinking which Ferraris next. I'm gonna be like, oh man, it's just them. They're gonna be bad today. Like look at the other cars. Yeah, back in the day, I mean, certain teams like like back in the '80s, Williams went from Honda to Renault Power, and then McLaren had. Um, Honda and Mercedes, and that's into the 90s as well, McLaren and Mercedes, and then Mercedes also powered a Sauber, and that was it. And, like, everybody else was using other engines. Um, and, you know, that would be really exciting to see uh, a true diversity in power units and engines themselves being a part of that. I'd, I'd love to see teams working individually on their hybrid components and then having a manufacturer build them the engine or vice versa. That would be also really exciting. And I think we're going to see some of that in the future as well. I think it is going to be hard to get. I know I said earlier, I think it is going to be hard to get anybody after who they got now with Ford coming in and potentially these talks with um, McLaren and um, who is it? Honda. Honda. That's what I thought. With Honda, who else is really left that would mean, that could provide an engine for these Formula One teams that will be interested? Renault, okay, Renault, Mercedes. I mean, Mercedes already supplies a bunch of teams. Yeah, they do. Um, I don't think there's really any Detroit that'd be interested in it. Besides, Chevy? besides GM and Chevrolet, I don't think Chevy or, would be interested in doing it. Or GM and Cadillac and Ford. Ford. Yeah, Tesla. They, they're they're already still working <laughs> on it. Tesla would be interested, but I don't Jeep. think that would work very well. <laughs> I'd love to see a Dodge team in Formula One. That would be sick. I want to see a John Deere team. Ooh, John that was called that was called Alfa Romeo last year. Oh, <laughs> that was funny. That was a good one. Good one. Good one. Me. Yeah, but I do think that adds to something. Like I don't like when everything is like kind of the same, kind of like that for like kind of like teams wise. I mean. Yeah. Here's an example I use. The MLS, they all use Adidas as a jersey sponsor. Right. Whereas Premier League, almost every team has like, they're all different. They have like, maybe they'll yeah. have the same sponsor. Maybe Adidas will sponsor Arsenal and Manchester United. But then you have like Puma sponsoring uh, Manchester City. You have Kappa and um, who is it? Who does Kappa Control sponsor? You know who I'm talking about? I do. I can't remember. I think Wolves maybe. Yeah, it may then, be Wolverhampton. And then um, you have like um, Nike with Liverpool. Like I like these like little changes. Like Nike also with Tottenham. But yeah. I like kind of like how it's like kind of like different with that type of stuff. Yeah, and that differentiation not just in name and appearance, but also in performance too. Because you know the cleats are different mm-hmm. between the brands. Um, 
most most of the higher athletes choose their own cleats based off of who they are sponsored by. But that said, you know, like like if you've got if you've got a Red Bull running around in a Ford and a McLaren and a Honda and a Mercedes and an AlphaTauri who could potentially be sponsored by another engine manufacturer, they they were in talks about selling that out to Audi as well or to Porsche. If the Porsche group or if the Audi group wants to get their fingers in that, they should probably start that now. But you know, like there could be, there could be so many different possibilities. I'm, I know that Porsche fell through with Red Bull, but they could still get AlphaTauri, which would be very exciting. It'd be very exciting. Unfortunately, that is going to do it all for us today. We want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back again same time next week. We're getting closer to racing, folks. We promise. So thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Smooth Operators here on Weagle 91.1 FM. For Noah Phillips, Ben McClurkin, I'm Greg Splankberg. Have a great weekend, everyone, and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.